You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger and Justin Lape. Weird. We're back. Uh, this feels weird, talking into a microphone, talking about hockey. I guess we haven't talked about hockey yet, but we're going to. And I'm sitting in front of a mic. Uh, in case you don't know who I am, uh, my name's Brett Finger, and I'm joined by Justin Lape. Um, for the first time in a month and a half, two months. It's yeah, two months, wow. two months. I don't know if that makes us lazy or, or or just what, but I I don't know, man. Just things happened and and <laughs> all that matters. I mean, I things happened. Could, the best way Brian put it was, yeah, life kind of just happened for us. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're back. And what if, what if what if people missed about you since since our last podcast, which was just after Thanksgiving, I believe. So yeah, just about two months ago. Um, what, what's been going on with me? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the holidays are always just an experience for me. Um, very busy, very hectic, very, uh, stressful at times. Hopefully that's not a, a trend that that carries on into future holiday seasons. How about you? Yeah. Um, mixed it up a little bit this holiday season. Went down to the beach, even though it was cold. Uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, everything just got busy and, and started a new job and, and mm-hmm. kind of got, <laughs> kind of got laid off for like a week and a half there. So <laughs> I, I'm a guy that I like to stay busy really bad. So same have had, when I had a week and a half off, like I, I was like by day three, I was bored. I was like, all right, all right I want to do something here. I'm bored. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're back and we are back. The Hurricanes, however, are not back. Well, they're There's back. They're, kind of, more or less. Well, they're not playing. Well, they're on bye week, so they're not back yeah, currently. Bye week. Um, so I guess I guess we'll talk about the Hurricanes um, since this is what the podcast is about. Yeah, that's what um, it's about. Yeah. So really weird the past two months, Justin. Um, in the time that we've been away from the podcast, um, the Hurricanes have done a lot of things. They've done a lot of good things, uh, specifically recently. Uh, their last 13 games, they're 9-3-1. Um, they look like a competent um, NHL hockey team lately. Uh, but if you go back before this 13-game stretch, uh, they looked very much the opposite of that. It was just a very uh, discombobulated group. There was a lot of justifiable questions about Rod Brindamore in his rookie season as the head coach. So I guess let's just talk about the first 50 games of this year. Are are the Hurricanes around where you expected them to be at this point, 50 games in? I mean, yes. Um, we know that at least historically – the franchises suffered like ebbs and flows each season. We know mm-hmm. that either they start off terrible, have a good month of November, and then it kind of you know dips and flows, dips and flows, and dips and flows. Uh, this year they started well, and then December came along, and December was kind of a month to forget. But now they've kind of put themselves back in it, or at least in the conversation, I would say, um, with a really, really strong January. And yeah, I, I think above NHL 500 just above NHL 500 is kind of where I expected them um 
you know, we had a little bit more talent, a little bit more reliable goaltending on the team this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, did I expect them to go 9-3-1 and one in their last 13? No, no, because January was – we were looking at the schedule before we started recording. And, I mean, January was, I mean, it's kind of a month. tough month. It yeah. was supposed to be tough. Um, and then now they move into February with – you know, a few tough opponents at the beginning. About the first three games are are tough, with you know Vegas coming up, and then Calgary and Pittsburgh. But after that, you know, it it's kind of smooth sailing more or less through the rest of the month. So it's a shortened month, obviously. Um, but yeah, I I think this is kind of where I expected them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's they're about where. I expected them to be uh, in terms of like a record and and where they are in the standings. I thought they were going to be a bubble team. Um, we both entered the year thinking that they weren't going to be a playoff team, um, but where they are now, I think it's about right. I think where it kind of gets uh, more surprising is kind of seeing how they got here, right? Um, I, I I think that we both felt like Sebastian Ajo was a star player in the making, but I mean, 57 points in the 50 games, he's on pace for a 90-point year, uh, he's become a top-flight penalty killer, he's become uh, a three-zone guy that, you know, I, I don't think anyone expected him to become this soon. Uh, so I, I think that's by far the most... Uh, promising thing from this year so far Tavo Teravainen uh he got a contract extension obviously uh last week before they played in Calgary uh five Edmonton. years Wasn't it Edmonton? I, I, I thought I think he get, didn't he get before the Calgary game and then they went to Edmonton yeah maybe maybe oh well maybe, they were maybe. in they were in the middle of Alberta some, they were they were in some cornfield in Alberta and um, they gave him a contract extension, which he deserved. He's been having a very good year as well. I guess we can talk about that a little bit too. Tara Vinan's deal, five years, $5.4 million. What did you think about that contract? Fair? Uh, yeah, really. I, I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the number I was hoping he would be around. Um, I saw six, kind of, um, yeah. just given the longevity of the deal. So to get under that is pretty pretty nice. You could at least fit, you know, like a third or fourth line replacement player in in the contract slot there uh, with the money you saved instead of doing yeah. six. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good deal. It's a it's a really good deal. Um, and I think, you know, he's part of the core here, believe it or not. So, um, especially on Ajo's wing, mm-hmm. uh, I I think you try to keep the the dynamic duo there forever, you know, as, as long as you can. And then, you know, look for that other winger, you know, if, if Michael Furling gets moved or however that ends up p- playing out, um, you know, just find that third, uh, player to kind of like plug and play there. But, um, yeah, no, the deal is reasonable. Um, it's deserving of his track record since he's come to Carolina. And yeah, I, I, I really like this deal. So we have there's there's something that that we really need to talk about. That's something that's just perplexing, uh, quite honestly. So this was two weeks ago. About the Carolina Hurricanes traded Victor Rask to the Minnesota Wild for Nino Niederreiter. So shocking 
shocking move to say the very least it, ever since it's it's just it's it's blown my mind i have a tough time understanding why that was a trade that the minnesota wild uh believed made their team better because uh, victor rask has four years left at four million dollars uh including this year and which is which to be fair is not terrible it's not terrible it's not it's, it's not, not terrible. terrible. Yeah, but... it's not like it's a Clarkson or, or Milan Lucic type of deal, but it's not good either. <laughs> it's not good, yeah. Um, and, and in return, the Hurricanes got Niederreiter, who he he's an established 20-goal guy. I mean, I think last year was an off year for him, and he had 18. And he has a cap hit of $5.25 million over that same time frame as Rask. But... I mean, I I just don't get it because the Hurricanes got a top six winger um, who maybe is getting overpaid a little bit, but I I think we need to talk about or just realize how bad Victor Rask has been. Um, I believe he had three points in 26 games with the Hurricanes this year after coming back from that injury. And Nino Niederreiter has four goals in four games. So, what, I mean, I understand Rask is a center, and, and people or players that can play in the middle have more value, but they don't have that much more value. Uh, I think the Hurricanes got the better trade by a country mile. Um, it's not close. No, oh, no, not not at all. Um I mean, already in in the four games played, Niederreiter has four goals. Rask has assists in, in three. Um, he has, he but has a the, secondary assist. But the the goals were scored in bunches for Niederreiter, and I believe they won both of those games. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's already paying dividends, and, and I expect it to definitely even pay off even more down the stretch. Yeah, and I mean, the goals are nice, of course, Uh and, and Niederreiter is a player that makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, high shooting percentage. Um, he takes advantage of the scoring chances he gets. He's always done that um, uh, ever since he left uh, New York to go to Minnesota the past few years. He's been very good at cashing in opportunities, and that's the exact kind of player that the Hurricanes needed. Um, but beyond the goals, uh, he's a noticeably... Uh, good player on the ice i mean he when when he's engaged um and i think it's been an engagement problem for him um or at least a confidence issue as he was bumped down the lineup rod brindamore said right from the get-go that they were going to play him a lot they were going to give him a lot of minutes and so far uh he definitely has been getting those big minutes and it's been worth it i mean he's been earning those minutes based on how well he's playing, uh, the board battles. He's he's really using his size to his advantage. Um, always going to the front of the net. I mean, he's just he's just the perfect fit for this top nine or top six forward group. And to see how well he's mixed or how well he's meshed with Sebastian Ajo as well, uh, that's another huge thing. So, man, is there a lot going on there? So Michael Furland, of course, has been great. Um, he's been ex- like Nino Niederreiter. He's been a perfect fit on this team. Uh, the 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 grit, the uh, the grind, the uh, dropping the gloves and beating up Austin Watson uh, has been great. The goal scoring has been great. 
but it looks like his future is not in Carolina. Uh, Justin, how, how sad does this make you? But And how much sense does it make, though, about Furlan probably getting traded? Again, um, so... <laughs> All right, so when this trade went down, I was actually in Dallas, and I was like, "Who?" Uh, I mean, I mean, I, obviously, I, I knew about Dougie Hamilton, and that was the big piece. So I, you know, more or less, you were—you can't say that he was well known around the league no, at the time. No, no. You know what I mean? If, if you watch your Alberta teams, then yeah, you know who Michael Furlan was. I mean, even coming into this, he was only like a forty-ish point player, and and he was the lesser of the line between Goudreau and Monahan. So, um. But with that being said, the first few months, it looked like we were the winners of the trade because of just how well Furlan was playing. And then just something changed. Something changed. And, I mean, he got hurt a little bit there, yeah. and then he got hurt again. Um, but, I mean, you had some interesting statistics on it as well. I mean, it, he was on fire for a while there. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah, something changed. And, and so it, it you throw a lot of red flags in there because it's it it gets pretty scary when you know you see that and plus it's a contract year so you don't want to overpay for this player. Um, Ferland plays a style that to me is kind of reminiscent of a you know an earlier David Clarkson, uh, Lucic before Edmonton mm-hmm. type deal and. That brings a lot of red flags to me, um, especially now that he suffered concussions because we, we know how weird concussions can be in this league and, and how it can just really just change a player forever. And, you know, I think Jeff Skinner got lucky in that aspect that he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't just kind of thrown on the back burner because of his injuries. Yeah. Uh, you know, he ended up flourishing and kind of growing a little bit more and now we see how he's doing in Buffalo. Um, so with that in mind, my thing is, this wouldn't make me sad if Furlan was traded at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I think there is plenty of teams out there right now that would overpay for Michael Furland. Yeah. Um, and overpay at this point, regardless of where that ends up, is a first-round pick. Um, but I think he could warrant that. And, you know, historically, teams have paid more at the deadline than they have at the draft. Um, At the draft, it seems like, you know, people are a little bit more patient with their moves and it's more, you know, player for player. But your likeliness to get a first round pick is always going to come at the deadline. And and that's that's that that was another uh, confusing part about the Skinner trade. Uh, I thought it made more sense because look at look at Furland. I mean, he he's going to fetch this team a first round pick, probably more, which I mean, he was he would not get that over the summer. Um, he would only get that out of a contending team. And it feels like the Hurricanes really, you know, obviously there is a lot going on there. But if the Hurricanes were wanting to get the most value out of a guy like Skinner, it would have been a better move to wait till now because I think you would be getting more than a collection of draft picks and an AHL player. Um, but with Furland, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you said. Uh, it's... It's tough because this is a guy that has fit so well and has been a guy that this team has needed for a long time. Um, but man, the injuries are concerning, um, both for his playing career and his you know life after hockey. Um, he has a family. He has a young daughter. Um, 
so you hope the best for them. Um, but from a business standpoint, I think it makes sense for the Hurricanes to sell high on this player. Um, it, it sounds like they're going to get a lot back. So I think you got to do what you got to do. And at this point, especially after extending Teravinen and getting Nino Niederreiter, I don't think you can justify paying Michael Furland uh, north of five or even six million dollars. Um, that's just not realistic. And at this point, with the injuries factored into it, uh, I don't know. That's just that's a tough sell for me. And um, yeah, it's, that that just seems like at at this point, um, that's more risk than it, it's worth to sign him to an extension. Um, I felt differently about that a month ago, but now you know, with the injuries in mind and Niederreiter on the team, it's it, it just makes less sense. Yeah, um, the number one kind of like destination I see Furland fitting is Boston. I think that he plays similar to their style. They've had some some injuries in their forward group this year, and I just think I think they might do it. They might do it. Um, I think they have their first this year, I believe so. And they're probably a playoff bound team. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I see that fitting. I mean, you can, you can look at almost every playoff team and make a case for them because I mean, when you're in the playoffs, it's guys like him that stand out. And even when Calgary was in the playoffs a couple of years ago, he was a guy that stood out even before he had his breakout year a season ago in Calgary. Um, you know, those physical guys that, you know, play the game that Michael Furland plays, uh, those kind of guys stand out, you know, in April and May and June. So teams like Vancouver, who's still in the, still very much in the playoff hunt, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Calgary even was, was rumored to have interest. That would be interesting. Um, there are a lot of teams that, that make a whole lot of sense for Furland, um, I think I saw a report that it was upwards of seven or eight teams that are seriously interested in them, which is crazy, but also not very surprising. So that's obviously going to be the big name to watch at the deadline. Um, the Hurricanes also have an interesting situation in net. So Peter Morazic, I think he has an 894 save percentage. I would debate that um, his play this season uh, – doesn't look like that of an 894 goalie. I think he's been better than that. Um, and obviously, McElhaney's had uh, a, a hell of a year uh, with, you know, just kind of showing up in Raleigh last second. Uh, he was supposed to be just a short-term stopgap, but he's turned into a real asset. Uh, but now the injury problems are, are kind of creeping up. Um, so as we enter the deadline season here. Uh, what do you do about the goalie situation if you're Carolina with Mrazek and McElhaney? I think you kind of just, you just wait it out. Um, you know, it's it's not like one of these is your franchise guys. If you lose a free agency or however it goes, it, it's not the end-all be-all. Um, but if you have your team in a position to, you know, I, I mean, get still have a shot at the playoffs come the yeah. deadline. I don't think you move one of them just because they're on an expiring deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always get a deal done in the off season before unrestricted free agency comes around. 
Um, so yeah, I think you hold on to him. There's no need to trade a goalie unless they absolutely tank in the early part of February. Um, if you're still afloat, if you're even better than, you know, nine, three and one, maybe you go on another street kind of like that then you definitely hang on to them. Um, I'm not scared of losing Morazic or McElhaney because even a value that the highest, I think that any team would pay for, you know, a, a backup in net heading into the postseason would probably be maybe a second or third round. Yeah, pick. that's what I was going to say. It's, it's not it. The market for backup goalies, you know, especially at a deadline, when you know you're probably going to rely on your 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 starter, anyways, down yeah. the stretch, um, it, it's not that high. So I don't see any justification in not keeping them because worst case, I mean, best case scenario, you what you get a, a middle round pick. It's it's not that big of a deal. So um, yeah, definitely hold on to them for me. Yeah, I agree. Um... The only thing that would change that is if like a, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, or I don't want to use a specific player example because um, I don't want to tempt fate. But if a if a goalie gets injured on a contending team and they there's all of a sudden a big need for it, I think that's the lone exception. But I mean, odds are if if you're in February and you're in a playoff spot, you probably have a good goalie situation already. So. The goalie market is usually not very substantial, and if you're just going to get a third or fourth or whatever for McElhaney, I mean, you might as well just keep him through the end of the year uh, at that point. I, I think there's there's also value in just having a goalie on your team that can be competent, uh, even if you're not going to be a playoff team. Um, so I, I, I think I agree with you. Um Based on everything that we've seen so far this year, what would you do about the goalie situation next year? Um, you have, again, Morazic and McElhaney are both expiring deals. Um, you and I, I think, are both not extremely high on Alex Nedeljkovic, though he did get his first win and his first start in Vancouver and looked pretty good. Um, so over the offseason, there is going to be we're assuming Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be on the open market. That's what it looks like. Uh, there's going to be other goalies available. Jimmy Howard as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the goalie market and what do the Hurricanes do? Man, <laughs> this is a really tough question because, yeah, I mean, both expiring deals. I think that they both have an understanding like between the two players. If, if you went into the locker room right now, I think they both have an understanding that it's it's a one A one B situation or kind of a split the net situation. Yeah, it's not like McElhaney's like, hey, I'm the franchise <laughs> guy at this age, and Razik's like kind of just happy to be there. So, yeah. I, for me, I would go ahead and re-sign them. I mean, I think give them a two year deal each, sort out the money how you want. I probably it would probably mirror or at least be close. Um, to the same, I think three million a piece or something like that. You know, six million on two goalies. I think that's fair. You know, and it's it still saves you some money. Um, so you and I are high on Callum Booth. Uh-huh. He hasn't been given the AHL opportunity with Scott Darling's contract. So I think the the bigger goalie question is figuring out what the heck do we do with Scott Darling because either mm-hmm. he's gonna ruin 
I, I, I mean, I'm not going to hold back here. He's either going to ruin. <laughs> no, I, you know what I mean. No, no, I, no. I know. I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not going to mince words. I think we've given him ample opportunity. We've, you know, we've we've been on his side for plenty of times. You know, sometimes the team played like crap in front of him, but I think it's just apparent he is not a good goalie, and it's just <laughs> something went wrong, and he's just not, he's not all there, and it's 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 sad because you know, I mean, it seemed like a good fit. At the time, it was kind of like what uh, Edmonton did with Koskinen. They, yeah. <laughs> we saw a good sample size. We saw a good sample size of what he could do in Chicago, and and I think that was. I'm not gonna fault people people for that. Like, yeah. it happened, but now you have to figure out what to do with it because you still have years remaining, and you're burying four million in the minors. So, and not only that, you're hurting the development of Nadelkovic and Booth. I think yeah. so. I I really think the bigger goalie question is how, what do we do with Scott Darling? What do we have to do? Um, I don't know if is there a buyout option in, in that. I mean, you might have to explore that. I mean, I know you yeah. probably don't want to because we're still paying <laughs> Alex Semin from what I recall. So yep. um, yeah, I mean, it hurts, but you might just have to swallow your pride and do it um, because I'm sure he doesn't want to be in Charlotte. He probably wants to explore other opportunities, and maybe he could be a good backup elsewhere, but just something wasn't right when he came here. Yeah. So I think that's the bigger goalie question. So for me, I think you keep Morazic and McElhinney, maybe two-year deals, and then just keep developing Nadelkovic and Booth, and then sooner or later move one of Morazic or McElhinney, you know, whether that's an X deadline or something like that, and then just roll the dice with one. You know, just let him get reps. I mean, especially if like maybe next season doesn't turn out that well. Um, I don't know. I it, it's really tough because I'm not sold on Alex Nedeljkovic. If we're talking about first start winners, I think Justin Pogi won his first NHL start. So <laughs> I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that oh, I it happens. Justin Pogi. Yeah, it happens. So um, yeah, I, I I say go ahead and re-sign them. There's no reason to move them and. And yeah, Nadelkovich, I just don't see him completely ready. But what I would see them doing possibly is signing one of Morazic or McElhaney. I'm concerned about McElhaney um, because he's 35, right? Um, and the in, the lower body injuries have been kind of flaring up a little bit. And uh, he's currently out injured. Um I think I would let McElhaney go in the summer and perhaps let him explore options. Um, and I think I'd re-sign Mrazek. I think Mrazek's been good. Uh, again, I think his numbers are not a very accurate picture of how good he's been so far this year. Uh, you know, I, I, his save percentage isn't great, but... Man, he he keeps the team in games. Uh, there have been a number of games where, uh, I mean, they allow twenty shots, but damn near fifteen of them are really high danger chances, and he makes most of those saves. Um, and you can feel pretty confident about having Peter Morazic in net. Uh, I think you can, you know, there's been so many games this year where he has almost stolen a game, uh, just when the offense isn't going and he just comes up with a big, big game. Um, 
so I, I'm I'm totally down with keeping Mrazek. Uh, I again, I think I think you're right with the biggest question being Darling. If you can get a team to take him for two million dollars and you retain half of that, uh, then great. But I don't think that's going to be a thing. Um, I think they're going to have to buy him out, in in all likelihood, which 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 will suck. But I mean, you just even beyond the cap hit, you just can't have him here. Uh, like you said, he, he's in Charlotte. He, frankly. Callum Booth needs to be in Charlotte, not Scott Darling. It's it's just as simple as that. Uh, Booth has been great on loan to Reading or Reading, whatever. Reading, yeah. Reading, whatever. Uh, he's been great there. Uh, he needs to be in Charlotte. He needs to be developed properly where he belongs. He's not an ECHL goalie. He's just not. He's better than that. And at age 21... Um, he needs to be in the AHL. He needs to be getting the the split time or backup time behind Nedeljkovic. I think that's what's best for him at this moment. Um, so yeah, I think Darling has to get bought out in all likelihood. And if you bring back Mrazek, um, I don't think it's gonna. I I don't think it'll take three million to get Mrazek back. I think it would be closer to two. Um, and if you can do that, then. I think you kind of have to explore free agency, right? Because, I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be on the open market in all likelihood. Uh, Jimmy Howard's going to be on the market. Uh, the Canes can go the uh, Detroit Red Wings goalie uh, path with uh, Howard Mrazek. Um, <laughs> or they can not. I would be very okay with them not doing that as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think it would be smart to go and just look at your options uh, and – you know, keep Mrazek there just in case, uh, and and just see what you can get uh, potentially as a as an upgrade in net, as a as a legitimate uh, starting goalie. Um, I think I think the Bobrovsky situation is going to kind of be uh, similar to how the MLB free agency is going. I think it's what. I I don't know if you kept tabs on it, but what Manny Machado and Bryce yeah. Harper wanted and what they're actually going to get yeah. is going to be significantly lesser. And I think that you're going to see that with Bobrovsky. I think that probably before this season, he was a guy, I mean, he's what two times in the winner. Um, yeah. A Ves, Veslin finalist outside of that too. Um, so you think he would be seeing eight to 9 million, but I think with the carry price contract plus just, the way this season has gone for Bobrovsky, um, between you know the whole they sat him there between an internal thing, and I know he's unhappy there. I think that he's going to get less than than you know. A, I mean, a seven you or could, eight. You could you could make the argument that John Gibson's the best goalie in hockey, and he's under a long term deal under six million dollars. Yeah, I mean, so. I I just I don't see him getting a carry price contract. I think I I totally agree with you. I mean. <laughs> maybe uh, he'll be like Harper and Machado and uh, he won't sign until September 15th of, the team, um, <laughs> of, uh, of, of this upcoming uh, season. Um, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but who knows? I mean, this is Feels a new like wave. <laughs> this is a new Anyways. wave. Yeah. Um, so so I, it, it, there are a lot of options to go 
uh, with the goalies, and there's going to be a lot of interesting theories floated out there, and I'm sure the Hurricanes are going to be rumored to be in a lot of that kind of stuff, um, because this is not Ron Francis's Carolina Hurricanes. These this is a uh, this is Don Waddell's Carolina Hurricanes, and they're they're going to be involved in every rumor ever because that's how Don Waddell runs his hockey team. And not honestly, Fort Knox Francis it, anymore. Man. I'm here for it's it. Not man. Fort, it's <laughs> not Fort Knox Francis. It's, not, it's, it's wide not. open Waddell. <laughs> he's the Don. So. That's why you know yeah. you know he's he's wheeling and dealing, and I'm here for it. I'm here for uh, the wild, wild west of Hurricanes hockey. Just craziness, uh, gunslinger mentality. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the checkers a little bit. So according to uh, my sources uh, around the league, uh, the checkers have been pretty good this year. And they are they have a healthy lead in the AHL as the top seeded team in said league uh justin uh if if the checkers were playing in the nhl right now would they win the stanley cup uh eastern yes. conference finals confirmed okay yeah, that's good <laughs> that's fine <laughs> no i mean they're they're playing pretty well um before the all-star break though they went on a little slump a 0-2-1 slump uh but they were able to get it back against hartford right before their all-star break as well um for those that didn't know i mean trevor carrick and andrew pomorowski and mike Bellucci all represented charlotte um did he go or did he not no he didn't remember uh Polarowski filled in for him oh, okay yeah yeah that's right I d- I think, yeah, there was an injury concern there yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think he was just another kind of thing where, you know, the player just kind of takes off. Um, but, yeah, they're heading back into uh, – they'll be heading into a four-game homestand starting at the end of this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I had some interesting stats yesterday um, that I'm going to read off to you now. Ooh, um, basically, it's the effect of, of Mike Felucci's sense – since I mean he took over, but um, yeah, checkers are on pace for their best season in franchise history. Um, they're only 15 wins away from tying their win total from last season with 30 games to go. So if they literally just play 500 hockey, they're going to at least tie their total. So mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. But they're actually only five wins from tying their total under Mark Morris and only eight <laughs> wins away from Olf's yeah. total with the team. So an Olf's team, and it was a playoff team, so it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike Vellucci has them in, in really great shape. Um, I wonder, you know, he, he likes his players, but I wonder if, you know, with this huge lead and the fact that they'll probably clinch a playoff spot by – I don't know, mid to early March. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder if he he how he rests some of those players. Um, yeah, I know he he's kind of the hard work hard, and then you know things will come easy type of coach. But when you have that much of a lead, maybe it's good to take you know a step back and kind of give some of your your star you know your or your better players um a, a bit of rest so I, I wonder how he he works with that down the stretch because i mean all signs point unless they absolutely collapse in those 30 games it, it, they're a playoff team so um it would be really shocking for them not to be 
Yeah, they're they're exciting. Uh, Podorowski's had an amazing year. Uh, he uh, honestly he deserved to go to the All Star game even before Quokinen, uh couldn't go. I mean, he's been great. Um, there's there seems to be a very strong leadership core in Patrick Brown and Zach Stortini and Podorowski and all those guys. Um, so there's a lot to like. Um, and the guy that just that has come up from Charlotte and played as well, uh, who has played very well for the Hurricanes is Sakumanalainen. I mean, I don't know how many people expected that. Um, early in the year, I remember Volucci kind of blasting him publicly about you know effort and all that. Uh, I didn't read too much into that. It kind of just felt like more of a European player taking some time to get used to North American pro hike, uh, ice hockey. Um, but after that, he was great, and he's been really good for the Hurricanes in the bottom six role. He can skate really well. He's really big guy. Uh, he has the hands to, you know, not be a liability offensively. Um, so a lot of promising stuff. Um, Jake Bean, Morgan Geeky, uh, Julian Gauthier, Nicola Waugh, Alexi Sorella. There are a lot of notable prospects down there. Um of all of them right now, uh, who are you most excited about with regards to their future? Oh man. Um, I guess, I guess you can go bean. Um, because he's been great lately. Oh yeah. Man, I mean, he's been really things. good lately and I think it's, it's having that, you know, backbone between bean and I guess we'll, again, we're still trying to see how Fox is going to work out with this contract situation, but, mm-hmm. um, having that little bit of, extra backup just in case you do trade a defenseman for a forward um you know it, it's it's reassuring and he's yeah he's definitely taking strides improving his stride because one thing that uh you and I were worried about was his speed a little bit because it just seemed like he was always kind of a step behind but um yeah his passing is getting better he he looks like he could he could be a pretty good power play specialist when it when it comes to the nhl um i know we kind of use that term with ryan murphy but uh bean just has a little bit more size than than murphy yeah. did and just a, a more skilled passer um yeah I, I i like him a lot um i i also really do like the strides julian gautier has taken this year i just wonder where he's going to fit in this lineup or if he's ever going to fit in this lineup um they used that first round pick on him um right so i mean he he kind of has all the 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 traits of a power forward but i just i just wonder when he's going to get a shot i mean they you know they've they've given their shot to clark bishop and and greg mckaig this year but i just wonder like if i'm just i'm really surprised that not even he's gotten that call up yet because i mean he he fits a rod brindamore type team i mean he's He's a workout machine and and just the size and he plays he I mean he plays hard and and he I know that there was a little bit of riff last year, but I, I'm just really surprised he has not got a yeah. shot. So I wonder, yeah, if maybe they suck down the stretch. Is does he get a shot then? I, I, I don't know. But I just yeah, I, I think he's taking strides, it's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh he's 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 he looks like a different player this year compared to last year, and, and that's a great thing for him. Um, I agree. That's something I don't really, I never really thought about, but it it is kind of shocking that 
Julian Gauthier hasn't gotten a look. I mean, he doesn't have to go through waivers or anything. I mean, he he kind of, like, I feel like if Rod Brindamore was going to go into the lab and, and make uh, a, a winger that would be perfect, Gauthier's pretty close to that, minus the maybe the two-way responsibility. Um, like, you know, he can skate, He he's big, he's strong, he plays a power game. He can put the puck in the net. Um, he makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, you'd think either this year, down the stretch, or next year, he'll get a look, right? Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully. I, mean, I hope so. Uh, I, but I hope that it's not at the expense. I mean, I I, I want them to keep pushing this year. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you do kind of wonder whether that's, you know, maybe a bottom six type role, like kind of how Yanni was given – uh, at the beginning of this year and then see if he can work up from there because I mean yeah they're re-signing Martinuk but I feel like there's some you know that you wrote an article the other day about the contract situation for some of the bottom six um, I mean he, you could plug him out for any of those guys so uh, I just wonder sure. if they go like a cheaper route if they end up you know whether that's dishing out for a goalie or or uh, you know acquiring a forward that's going to have a bigger cap so I mean, yeah. if they, if they, interesting. if like next year they need like a third line winger that can pretty much bring exactly what Goche brings. I mean, he's a power forward. I mean, with Furlan leaving, I mean, you're not really getting the fighting with, with Goche, but you're getting a lot of what Furland uh, also brings. So if you need a guy on an entry level deal, really cheap on the third line or whatever and who can chip in offense every now and then and just, you know, play that power game that he does. Um, he makes a lot of sense. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going down there. Um, so <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, um, Justin, we were talking before, um, before we started recording about uh, stuff we were totally wrong about. Um, so let's just talk about a few of those things. Um, if I recall correctly, um, we were both, man, we were, we were, we were so not high on the New York Islanders. Not only, not only were we, um, you know, wrong, uh, we were loud wrong. Like we were, we were just so sure of ourselves, uh, laughing at the Islanders. So they're a playoff team right now and they, they've been the playoff, uh, you know, playoff mix all year um right now the new york islanders are um first in the division so and they've played fewer games than the capitals who are in second place and they're three points behind the islanders uh they are 29 15 and 5 um they have the best goal differential in the division um they're as a matter of fact they are doing better than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, what do you think about the Islanders, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were really wrong. Um, how is that happening? But I how wonder, is that no, happening? I, I'm how not is fully, you can't, this, like, I, I'm still dumbfounded. Like, this is one of those teams that next year they're going to heavily regress. Yeah, I mean, you say look, that now. Matt Bars. Matt Barzell is out of his mind good, okay? But yeah. he is literally the only competent player, maybe outside, oh, like, Anders Lee. And, okay, maybe. I was going to say Lee, yeah. Yeah, Anders <laughs> Lee. That outside of those two, yeah. 
it's really just a bunch of scrubs, and somehow <laughs> they've done it. And they it's because lost. they lost John Tavares for nothing. They lost yeah. him for nothing. And they're leading the division, the yeah. one of the toughest divisions in hockey, if not the yeah. toughest. Yeah. And they're leading it by three points as of this recording. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like I don't, I don't know, man. And it's, I mean, Grice has been playing out of his mind. So I mean, it's Lainer. just Laner's been yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, they've both it's been ridiculous. Just, they've gotten ridiculous above average goaltending from goaltenders they really should not be getting Robin above Lainer average goaltending and from. Bryce. Um, oh my god! Yeah, what heading the, into the All Star break, they went seven two and one in their yeah. last ten. Like it was, yeah. it's just something, man. I I don't get it. I I'm wondering if they're gonna really tank in this second half, or if they they really are legit. If at the end of the season they have a Metropolitan Division champs. Banner okay. hanging at either whatever, if it's Nassau or it's at Barclays Center. <laughs> whatever arena they're playing in that week. Yeah, that week. Um, I guess they just move it wherever they go. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they have that at the end of it, I mean, we we owe them something. Or, wow. I don't know. Another team we were really wrong about, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, what the, yeah that, them too. We, were, we, were, we missed the mark. I think we were a little more adamant about how the Islanders were going to be bad. Yeah. But we we were like Montreal. They Montreal can't compete in this division, and I mean they yeah. they hold oh a, my gosh. they hold the Atlantic spot right now. So um, I remember over the off season we were like, what the hell was this Domi for Galchenyuk trade? What is this? Like, what's going on here? What yeah. kind of stupid trade is this for Montreal? Um, <laughs> and Max Domi has a grand total of forty four points in fifty one games and leads the team in scoring. Oh my gosh! So, it's it's crazy. So, so just so just so everyone knows, um, whenever someone claims that they know anything about hockey, uh, they're wrong, and that's including us. And it's because it's such a weird sport. Yes, <laughs> it's such it's, a weird it's, sport. It's, it's a weird sport. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. Gal- I mean, to be <laughs> fair, Galchenyuk, Galchenyuk hasn't been bad in Arizona. He's got twenty five and forty. So I, I mean, I'll take that. That's I mean, that's a, but don't that's we, acceptable. No, like we we were both we were both like talking about Domi like maybe he'll get forty points in the full season maybe, but he he is their first line center. And oh my gosh! Okay, uh, sorry to cut you off right oh, there. Yeah. Breaking news: Martin Nook's deal is worth four million total, right? I want to say it's. I hope it's total. I'm Jesus. gonna double check this. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but obviously oh, before we wrap this up, um. So let's take a quick look at this. That's that. All right. Yes, it is two million per season. So they didn't get the they didn't get the hair under. But I I say that's an acceptable deal. You Uh, say the same. I agree. You know what? Um, I was about to. I was about to. (laughs) I almost read that wrong. I was like, if it's four million per year for what? (laughs) I was uh, like, my uh, so so. Here's the thing. Yesterday I wrote a uh, an article about. Uh, the hurricanes and contract extensions. You brought it up earlier. Uh, I predicted a two-year deal worth two million AAV. That's what I predicted yesterday. So, that finger just saying. Would be psychic. Uh, <laughs> you know, mic drop, so to speak. Boom. Um, yeah. So, just wanted to get that in there before in, we wrap it up. Insider man Brett Finger is here to uh, break news and guess on a bunch of stuff. You know, remember a few minutes ago when I said that when any, when anybody claims to know anything about hockey, ignore them. 
Um, that ex- excludes me because I know <laughs> yeah. I know hockey. He, he's um, a big smart insider, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, is that a podcast? That is a podcast, wow. and it's going to be a continuing podcast. We're not yes. going to let it stray away from us this time. Yes. So, um, um, yes. also thank you to the one guy who requested it. Um, <laughs> there yeah. are a few people. There are a few people actually. I only saw one, so you're uh, going to have to send me the other one. Uh, yeah, those were the fake accounts that I made to. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. About the podcast. <laughs> Um, finger underscore Brett. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's one of them. There's, there's a bunch of them. Maybe you'll find it. Um, this has been the Kane's country podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, waiting for us to reenter your lives, uh, unannounced. Um, we'll, this is going to be a weekly thing per usual. Uh, the holidays are over, which means the podcast is back underway. Um, go to Kane'sCountry.com. Read everything on there. Um, read everything, especially what I write. Uh, don't read what Justin writes. Um, nope. <laughs> no, Justin <laughs> writes very good Charlotte Checkers content. Um, I write just random stuff that usually isn't very interesting. Um, follow the site on Twitter at Kane's Country SBN. Is it? It's it's. There's no SBN at the end of it, is it? It's at nope, Kane's Country. It's just Kane's it's Country. It's at Kane's Country. I'm really good at this. Um, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore finger. Uh, follow the site on Instagram at Kane's Country Picks, P-I-X. Uh, Justin, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Lanky Lape. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Did I, hit um, all the, did, I, did I get all the plugs? Did I do them all? You, you did the plugs right. Normally, that's my bit, but you can take it on this I, second stretch. You know, we need, so, we need so to get excited. this ready for the playoff push because yeah. we're going to do this podcast even longer this year because we're going to have a seven-game first-round series to talk about. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, oh, yeah, have a we'll good week. Uh, enjoy the hockey that's not going to be played until Friday. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.